Hi, I'm Erin, and my sister Brittany is here too, but since I'm the oldest of five kids, I sometimes talk for her. And today, <laughs> I'm, today I'm welcoming you to our first episode of It's Not Just Your Family. If you listen to our intro episode, you know that we're going to be talking to our mom today. But before we get started on that, I wanted to ask Brittany a very important question. Is it, was I offended by you not letting me introduce myself? Because I was. Okay. Yeah. No, that wasn't my question, but I knew you would be offended, but I had to pull the older sister card just because I can't. Okay. All right. My very important question. It's been a long day. Is anybody else really tired from the Christmas season and the pandemic? Because I will virtually raise my hand through this podcast verbally that I'm exhausted I've been running around all day today, running errands and things, so I am trying to get my words out, and I'm fumbling, but that's okay, because we're human, and that's why we're here, talking about things that (laughs) no one else likes to talk about, like being exhausted. Anyway, my very I'm glad you clarified that we're human, (laughs) in case people were wondering. In case people were wondering. We are human sisters. Human human sisters talking about our lives. Okay, my... Question is, very important question, since this is our Christmas episode, actually three questions. What's your favorite Christmas movie? What's your favorite Christmas cookie? And what's your favorite Christmas song? Movie cookie song? Yeah. Movie cookie song. Uh, That could be a great, like, TikTok video, but we're too old for that. (laughs) Tell that to the sister in between us who continually sends me TikToks all day. If we're too old for it, then I don't know what she is. Christmas movie, Christmas cookie, Christmas song. Okay. Yeah. Movie cookie uh, I'm song. Not gonna, I'm not going to answer. Yeah, I can't answer them in order because the movie one is hard. So I got to keep thinking about it while I answer. I'm not stalling to try and think of a good movie answer at all. I think um, you're stalling right now. Chris- <laughs> favorite Christmas cookie is a sugar cookie. Yum. Love a good sugar cookie. We have a recipe that we made a lot growing up. And last year I found a vegan substitute for it that was so good and reminded me of childhood a lot and was very nostalgic. So I enjoyed that. Favorite Christmas song is the Hawaii Christmas song that doesn't play here. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't play here in Michigan though. And actually it's my boyfriend's favorite Christmas song too. And we were talking about how sad we were that it doesn't play here in Michigan. And I got to make him jealous and tell him that when I lived in LA, uh, I would hear it all the time. Well, maybe you need to call and make Uh a request. I should. If I listen to the radio, I would. I'll just find it on YouTube and play it over and over while I'm working and drive myself insane. So favorite Christmas movie. Can I do like a top three? Sure. Thank you. Not in order, but Home Alone, Elf, and Die Hard. Yes. I have never seen Die Hard, but I hear that people call it a Christmas movie. So I guess maybe I'll have to add that to my list of things to watch. It is a Christmas movie. And here is why. He flies to LA to see his family at his estranged uh, wife's Christmas work party. Maybe I'm going to watch this tonight. I was looking for something to watch. So maybe I'll watch this tonight. That sounds interesting. It's Bruce Willis in the 90s. And Alan Rickman's first ever film role. Ever. Soon to be Britney's oh. um, Hollywood podcast about movies from the 90s, coming in oh, 2022. Wait, I do have one other fun fact about it. Remember in Ghostbusters 2, the painting that comes to life? I love how she references these things that I really don't remember. I don't even know if I've seen Ghostbusters 2. 
Okay, well, anyway, the painting that comes to life, the guy in that movie is also in Die Hard. Okay, so fair enough. I need. Sounds like I need to watch Die Hard. Okay, so for me, my favorite Christmas cookie is a molasses cookie, like a molasses ginger cookie, and I like soft cookies. So I like Mm -hmm. like warm. You get the ones that are like German and covered in uh, powdered sugar, like the traditional style. Oh yes, and there's this place that I went to in Lake Arrowhead, California. I forget the name of it, but it's like a Christmas village. It's amazing. If you're ever in Southern California and go to Lake Arrowhead, you have to go. I think it's like Santa's Village or something. But they have a molasses ginger cookie that is like the size of your face. And they just taste, they just taste like Christmas in your mouth. It's so big and it's so warm and it has like the crystallized sugar on top. There's nothing else like it. So that's my favorite cookie. And when I was there, I- Side note. Yes. Trader Joe's has a box mix of those. Oh, okay. Don't tell me that. Just definitely. Okay. I can't go there and get that. But the other thing is in my typical fashions, because you'll learn very quickly that I'm very similar to my mother in the sense of I always have an idea for somebody else's business. (laughs) So after (laughs) my mom always tells people how to decorate their homes or she has an idea of if, if I have this kitchen, this is what I would do with it. She always has these scenarios. Well, for me, I saw this cookie and I was like, you need to market this cookie and sell it all over the world. And she was like, no, no, we're just going to sell it here in Lake Arrowhead. But anyways, that's how good that cookie is. It is the cookie that needs to be eaten around the world, but you can only get it in Lake Arrowhead. They don't even ship them. You can only get them there. So that's my favorite cookie. My favorite Christmas movie, I would have to say like a top three. I love White Christmas. I love Miracle on 34th Street. Home Alone comes in Mm. second right there. But I think my new modern Christmas movie is The Holiday. But now that I'm like more, oh, sub- more yeah. settled into my 30s, I'm starting to see myself in Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz's characters. And I'm like, oh, no, I've become the single older lady that is alone on Christmas and is looking for love. How sad. But I think I'm going to have to watch it again. And hopefully I do year, love that movie. Hopefully next year I'll have like a Jude Law type situation you know, at Christmas instead of me and my dog. But I'll, I'll take what I have this year. I'm thankful for it. Favorite Christmas song? <gasps> Merry Christmas, baby. Oh, okay. So I just have a note about the holiday. Because <laughs> again, this is my podcast about movies. I was reading this BuzzFeed list that was talking about characters in movies that are like so, like do something so stupid or so weird, it almost takes you out of the movie. And the list brought up Jude Law's napkin head character from the yes. holiday. And they were like, it's so weird and kids wouldn't laugh at that. Let me just say, I agree. It is very, very weird. But as somebody who nannied for a very long time, kids laugh at the stupidest stuff. Like 100%, I guarantee you the kids that I nannied for when I nannied for them, if I put a napkin on my head and then put glasses on and said that I was Mrs. Napkin Head, they would have fallen on the floor laughing. Yeah, I love the holiday, and I think it's super sweet. And I think Nancy Myers does a really great job of romanticizing a holiday that can sometimes be challenging. We all love that idea of, like, Christmas. Like, I love the idea of, like, going to a cabin outside of London and meeting a hot man and... falling in love (laughs) but I will tell you Kate Winslet her situation not very probable in LA that doesn't really happen I don't know anyone that's meeting a famous movie director while staying in a very fancy house and then meets a great guy at the same time 
doesn't happen. You I've gotta go on that website they go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I better look that up. See who so wants anyway. to stay in your apartment <laughs> while you go to their mansion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would you like to experience the life of living month to month? <laughs> well, let me tell you, you can still live in the finest of areas, but in a smaller space. <laughs> yeah, I just need to market like my apartment to people, you know, people who have like 7,000 square feet to like the, the just, Los Angeles version of the tiny home. You got to use the word cozy a yeah. lot yeah. and quaint yes. and open floor plan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Enough about Aaron's travel podcast and my <laughs> podcast about movies. I think it's about time we bring our mom in. What do you think? Yeah, let's bring her in. I don't know if she's ready for this, though. We're going to find out. And here she is, the most VIP of VIP guests in the whole world. It's our, our mother. mother. <laughs> Molly McDonald. We're so excited to have you on our show, Mom. Thanks for being our first guest. I'm actually feeling pretty far away on the West Coast. I wish I could join you guys. Well, thank you for allowing me to be your first guest. I don't think we could have gotten away with having anybody else as our first guest. I think we would have been written out of the will. Yes, which we do get an update on every single year, every time my mom decides to take a trip on a plane. Which honestly has been the best part of 2020. She can't travel, so I don't get a quarterly reminder that my mom's going to die one day in the form of an email containing her will. Don't forget yeah. that my funeral plans are in there, too. Yeah. Yes, we know. Our former nanny is going to sing. We get it. <laughs> uh Speaking of being far away, one of the reasons I'm not coming home for Christmas right now is because of COVID-19, and that's kind of changed everybody's holiday plans. So, Mom, how are you feeling about the holidays this year? Are you less stressed, more stressed? Are you enjoying it, like not feeling the pressure? Yeah, not so much pressure. Thank God no more cookies changes. I hated those. <laughs> oh, you remember the year? Email? Oh. <laughs> no, I hate the cookie change thing. I mean, I was going to do a vegan cookie exchange this year, but just you and me, mom. No. I remember a funny story about cookie exchanges and my mom. So I was obsessed with oatmeal cream pies growing up. That was like my favorite cookie. <laughs> we had a cookie exchange for some Bible study thing that we were going to at church. I think, did you forget to make cookies or I didn't tell you or no, something? No, I was completely <laughs> cookied out. And this was the year <laughs> after I ran away for, from Christmas. Which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. So you came home and you said you're having a cookie exchange with your church youth group. And I'm like, no, I am <laughs> not making one more batch of cookies. And you said, well, mom, why don't you get those oatmeal cream pies? Those, and, and everybody loves them. And I'm like, I was in my um, Martha Stewart period of life where I had to do everything from scratch or, or I couldn't do anything at all. And so that would be the total humiliation for me to show up somewhere with something from a box, but you persuaded me to do it. And besides, I was tired of cookie changes. So we bought those little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies and they come individually wrapped and sealed. And I put them on a sterling tray with a linen doily and fresh holly. And so funny. we showed up at this woman's house and she answers the door and she looked at my tray and she said, oh, you took the trouble to wrap each of these individually. <laughs> and I am thinking to myself, are you about to jump off the ledge too? Because truly, I don't have this kind of equipment in my home to package cookies this way. 
It's so funny. So they were put out on this big dining room table. And of course, everybody took them. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, little Debbie's. Those are the best little cookies. But that would be very COVID friendly these days if you had individually wrapped. Yeah. You would have to have that. Yeah. You would have been the star of the party. Brittany, what about you? What are you thinking with the pandemic and years past and maybe a funny story? I mean, with the pandemic, it doesn't really feel like that different for me from last Christmas because last Christmas I was home alone with my dog. Mm -hmm. I had one dog. Now I have two. So it doesn't feel like it's going to be that different. Although I did decide that this year I'm going to attempt a vegan Wellington that will last me, you know, probably like three days, depending on how emotional, like (laughs) how many movies I decide to watch. But my favorite Christmas story involves our stepdad, Tom, the year that he set fire to the house accidentally. So when my parents first started dating, me and my siblings were not super into it because it was only a couple years after our parents had separated. We were not into an idea of like this other man being around. And so when my mom grew up, they always kept the flu open because her her dad would never remember to open it when setting a fire. So it was just easier to keep the flu in the fireplace open because when you did a fire, it was already open. And Tom grew up with parents who went through the depression. So they always kept the flu closed because it would help with utility and energy bills and all that stuff. So Tom had set this beautiful fire in the fireplace and told my mom, you know, all you have to do is light this one little part and it'll go up beautifully. So he had shut the flu because that's what he was used to. So when my mom lit the fire, (laughs) the flu was shut, but she always kept it open. So she thought that it was still open. And within minutes, smoke had filled the house. And this was a weird time where like my mom was trying to like make us feel normal by giving us multitudes of pets. So we had to get not only all the kids out of the house, but all the pets out of the house. So we were piling into my mom's car to like just pull out of the garage and just sit in the driveway and wait for the firemen to come but we had the goldfish the birds the dog like gerbils or hamsters or guinea pigs or whatever it was and my mom called our stepdad to tell him off and like she was so done seeing him and she wanted nothing to do with him and we're all in the back seat like cheering like this is what did it he almost set the house on fire and now he's gone but 20 years later he's still here so it just goes to show you that my mom is a pretty forgiving person so when i grew up my dad on two occasions forgot to open the flu and by the way, when, when I forgot to open the flu, don't you remember that I got the fire extinguisher out and then I blew that on there and then everything blew all over the house <laughs> Yeah. while we were waiting for the police. So anyway, my dad would forget and the fire trucks would come to our house on Christmas Day, literally, because he would put all the wrapping paper in the fireplace after we'd unwrapped all the gifts. Then the Drakes, as they called us in our neighborhood, the Drakes would all be standing outside on Christmas Day like, 10 a.m. in our pajamas with the fire trucks there and the neighbors would come out of their houses and yeah that's Ken Drake he just forgot to open (laughs) the flu again so and then my mother would get to get an insurance coverage and get to redecorate the house so maybe it was really my mother who closed the flu because she wanted new wallpaper paint and carpeting who knows (laughs) so it seems like the the fireplace thing has been a a constant theme in your life I, I really don't remember that very well. I, I remember that vaguely, but I think my most I, memorable Christmas moment was, I think it was my 13th birthday. 
And I, my birthday's on Christmas Eve. It's always the forgotten birthday, as I like to say. But now as an adult, I look at it a little bit different. I try to say that people are decorating for me, but not really. <laughs> but on my 13th birthday, I was given a purity ring. I remember putting it on. Wasn't it like the Cartier three band? Mm-hmm. It was like the Trinity, the Trinity ring. Yeah. And I put the it rose. on and it's... Yeah, it was like the rose gold, the platinum and the yellow gold. And it was it was a really beautiful ring. And I remember putting it on my finger and I was like, it's a little tight, but it didn't feel too tight when I put it on. And the next morning I woke up Christmas morning and my finger was so swollen and it was black and blue. And I knew at that moment it, it, it was too tight. And I remember everybody was opening presents and I had my finger sitting in a tub of water with ice in it. Mom, didn't you think like, we needed to go to the ER or something. I forget exactly what happened, but we ended up at our friend's house, who's a doctor. I don't remember exactly when it went from, oh, we can't get this ring off to we need to go to the emergency room or we need to go see a doctor. I remember we went to our friend's house. He was a doctor and he got out dental floss and Windex <laughs> and tried to weave the dental floss under the ring and spray your hand with Windex and we couldn't get it off. And he said, well, if you don't get this off within 24 hours, she's going to lose her finger. Oh my God. So on Christmas day, went to the ER, but it was early in the morning. And the previous night I had come home from church. I don't know why nobody else went to church, but I went to church (laughs) and I came home and Drake, who was like three, had put something over his head and run into a door jam. And I came home and they said, Drake's head is bleeding. And I looked at it and I said, yeah, well, we can wait a few hours before we go to the ER to get stitches because it was clearly needed stitches. But I'd made this big old Christmas Eve dinner and I didn't want to waste it. So <laughs> I, I put a Band-Aid or something on his head. And then by the time we finished dinner, I take him to the ER. And the next morning we're back with the same shift. So they hadn't <sighs> checked out. And Erin looked at me and she said, mom, they're going to call child protective services on us because we've been in here like in less than 10 hours with two people from our family and somebody's gonna think something's going on oh my gosh can I just say that when I got my purity ring on my 13th birthday like three years later you all overcorrected because mine was so big it (laughs) fell off my hand (laughs) like I couldn't wear it properly for years until I went and got it resized it's so funny probably better for it to be too big than too small because you don't want to go through that but that is definitely one of my cherished funny Christmas memories and also the year that our dad opened up all of our Christmas presents Brittany if you want to talk about that which leads us into the year that our mother ran away on Christmas so growing up in the 90s the big gift to get people and, and by people I mean girls because gender norms in the 90s were alive and well was the American Girl Dolls Everybody had American Girl dolls. So Aaron had Samantha. I had Felicity. Megan had Molly. Mm-hmm. Didn't you? The, who, did, did we all get second ones? Because I feel like I yeah. had Kirsten too. Yeah, you had and Kirsten. You, I had Addie. And oh, I yeah. Every year you a, got a different girl with all the furnishings, <laughs> clothes, and accessories. Yes. So one year my dad decides I'm going to make it easy and I'm going to get everything gift wrap from American Girl. Now, when everything came, nothing was labeled as to what it was. So we had all these beautifully gift wrapped presents and no idea which sister it was for. 
So then poor mom, you remember this better than I do. So why don't you take over? Well, the problem was that for years, your father would get in the Christmas spirit like two days before Christmas <laughs> after I'd gone to way too many Christmas cookie exchanges and concerts and Bible concerts. And I was just ready to run away. And he would unload this trunk full of toys that I had to wrap. <laughs> and literally, I had five kids and it would take me hours and hours after they went to bed. So this one year I said to him, I am not wrapping any more gifts that you bring home. They all have to show up wrapped and ready to go. I can't do it. So the night before Christmas, he shows up with, I bet there were like 30, 40 wrapped gifts, all the same paper, all American Girl stuff. As you said, not labeled. So I don't know who it's for. So I spent hours unwrapping this stuff and then rewrapping it. And then finally I gave up and took some of it and just set it up as vignettes in the family room. But always by Christmas morning, they really should have brought a straight jacket in and taken me away because I was exhausted. <laughs> I used to say women feel like we have to produce this amazing holiday, decorate our homes and bake all these cookies and go to all these concerts and exchanges, which next, this year we can't do. So it's probably less stressful. Oh, and then now, since my kids are older, but now a few, about 10 years ago, they added in that elf in the shelf thing and you had to move that damn thing around every day and make it get in trouble. Oh my God, and, I'm so glad we missed out I mean, that, that would have, I would have been in the insane asylum if elf in the shelf had been around in the 90s. I, I, there would be no way I would be alive today. It would, no, that would have put me I think also <laughs> for us as children, Aaron, I can't speak to you, for, but for at least for me, growing up in a Christian household and being told that like, demons are real and they do the bidding of satan if there was like an elf moving around in the house i right. would probably convinced myself that it was a demon and it would have like terrorized yeah me. i don't think i don't think i would have liked elf on the shelf and i also think too growing up in our household a lot of families use alcohol as a crutch during the holidays so you talk about a lot of people who drink a lot of wine drink a lot of alcoholic drinks or mixing drinks all the time and that wasn't something I remembered us growing up with at all if, if there was any drinking I never saw it but it would have helped yeah but I you know I think a lot of parents have like a mimosa or they have a little Bailey's and their coffee in the morning and it takes the edge off but my mom was dealing with five kids and a lot of presents every year and I think that that would have been stressful and we usually all got the stomach flu and like, I was we sober through the whole yeah. thing. Crazy, yeah. but sober. Yeah. This particular year, I had unwrapped all those gifts and then rewrapped some of them. And I think it was the year after my dad died. It was. My dad died yeah. in 1993. And I had a baby like less than a month before my dad died at the age of 40, almost 42. So I was exhausted. By Christmas afternoon, I put people down for naps and told everybody they had to play with their toys. That was the other thing that your father used to do. Like he would open a present and want to play with it and he would grab it from you and say, no, you have to open this next gift. And he would be crying. because I do remember that. Look at the toy and play uh -huh. with it. We had Christmas brunch and then my mother was so ticked off over the whole thing that she <laughs> went home. Probably where she could have a Manhattan popcorn and a Hershey's bar with almonds because that's what she ate for dinner after my dad died. And mm -hmm. uh, um, everybody took a nap and I cleaned up and I came downstairs and it just looked like the place had been robbed. And I was like, that's it. I need to go to a bar. Where can I get a drink? We didn't have any alcohol. So I got in my car and I drove around Oakland County and there were no bars open, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that bars weren't open on Christmas. So I finally ended up about seven o'clock at night going to the movies with the non-Christians. I saw a movie with um, 
Michael Douglas. Can't remember. But anyway, afterwards I came home and all the kids were crying. All the cupboard doors were open and they were like, we didn't get a Christmas dinner. We had to have soup out of a can. It was, it was a bad scene. But the funny part really was the next year where we went to this Christian teen group where I took the oatmeal. Oh, yeah, um, cream pies. Yeah, those cream pies. So as I said, the hostess, when she answered the door, was like patronizing me. At least I thought she was like, really, you think I really hand wrapped all these and sealed them, but whatever. And so we sit down and this big room and all these Christians who try very hard to appear to be perfect and righteous. So the hostess says to the girls, let's talk about our favorite Christmas memory. So Erin being a firstborn and wanting to have her say, starts waving her hand wildly, like she's freeing in a plane or something, you know, come on to this runway. And the hostess, Julie says, okay, Erin, you can start. And so she says, well, last year, my mom got so ticked off at all of us on Christmas that she left and went to the movies. And we didn't even have a Christmas dinner. And this quiet <laughs> fell over the room. Nobody knew where their mouths were dropping. Nobody knew what to say. And then the hostess said, oh, our family loves the movies. Well, everybody share their favorite Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, she rescued me. You know, um, she didn't make me look like an asshole. But I think Christmas is really hard on moms. Part of it is because we used to see all these shelter magazines. Now we see everything on Pinterest and the internet of how we're supposed to produce this beautiful, perfect holiday. And meanwhile, this year, none of these moms who formerly could go to the office to get away from their children and families can't do that. So they're working at home and they're trying to school their kids virtually. Talk about Baileys or mimosas. They're probably starting that off really early in the morning just to survive this really challenging situation. And while this year may be easier in that we cannot go to bake and have cookie exchanges and we can't go to concerts and parties and all the things that we were doing previously, it may be that when we return to that, we'll be more grateful for those kinds of activities or that this will be kind of an awakening and we'll say, you know, we don't have to do all that stuff anymore. We don't have to make it perfect. And we don't have to put all that pressure on ourselves. I mean, all the research now is showing that this whole situation with moms and kids and virtual schooling, that the women are bearing the burdens that they never firmly had to bear because kids would be in school or daycare or they'd have sitters or nannies while they were working. So for working moms trying to work out of home, this has been a really, really challenging time. I hope that we learn to value life with less activity and more quality activity versus trying to do everything for everyone and actually spending time really celebrating the holiday well with just like a few activities instead of slamming our schedules full to make us feel like that has value. Because I think we've all kind of come to this stopping point of where we can't do things as we were doing them last year. But I know at the end of last year, I was exhausted at the pace of life and what was expected, even if the expectations were only put on by myself, just of you need to go to all these parties, you need to send out Christmas cards, you need to get a gift for every person that you know, even your mailman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I do all of this? And then everybody is so busy at the end of the year, yet we are all exhausted and worn out. Mm. And what's worse now is that with Instagram yeah. and TikTok, and Facebook and whatever social platforms are out there, there's a lot of comparison. And I yeah. that quote, comparison is the thief of joys, really resonates with me. 
I mean, I look at all those people who are putting their elves in the shelf pictures out there and all these little mischievous things that elves are getting on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this every day. Or the parties and the makeup and the hair and the clothes. We've really become a society where it's a lot of curating some, of our yeah. lives. Our li mm -hmm. our li we, we curate our lives to make them appear better mm -hmm. than they really are. And I think that is a very bad trap to fall into. And certainly I fell into that way before social media where, you know, just the shelter magazines and I, I would read all those things. I wanted everything to be perfect for my children to the point that I couldn't make it perfect and so I ran away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. And I think one of the things that I've noticed this year where a lot of the disappointment lies with the gathering and every activity and purchasing gifts and not being able to travel or being at, not people can still travel, but we're being asked not to. What we're missing is actually consumption mm. and materialism and not the actual real meaning of Christmas, which we know is the birth of Jesus. And whether you choose to celebrate that or not, that is the origin of the holiday. And that's what's most important to me. And I think I'm realizing that simplicity in Christmas and getting back to the root of what the season actually is about is really helping me recalibrate my mind toward how I want to spend Christmas. This year, I'm thinking I might get a little cabin in like Arrowhead or Big Bear or something and go up there for a couple of days by myself for my birthday and just enjoy the stillness instead of trying mm. to create something for myself that would be reminiscent of years past. Like why not create something new? And I think that that's the opportunity we have this year is that we can create a different tradition or something that might even be more special in the slowing down versus what we've done in years past. Well, the reality is about Christmas though, is that it drives revenue for so many businesses. Yes. So Christmas has long lost its original purpose. Yeah. And it's the time of year, that last quarter of the year when most retail businesses and restaurants and other yeah. service industries make more than maybe more than half their budget. And that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're digressing a little bit. Mom, is there anything else you want to say? I remember that for me, people would do this countdown to Christmas. And my countdown was for the day after Christmas when I wouldn't have to deal with this for another 364 days. <laughs> it, was so pain it was so painful and so exhausting. I mean, I was in a position years ago where I could hire a lot of things done. So I could hire people to come in and decorate the house and I could hire, you know, bring in food and all those kinds of things. But as I said, I was in my Martha Stewart period where I felt the pressure to do it all myself. And it was really, really, really hard. I'm glad I'm out of that phase, but I still feel some compunction to decorate my home and make it nice. So Tom and I are helping to raise our seven and a half year old granddaughter. And we're back in this thing of decorating a house and decorating outside. And we didn't have an elf on the shelf. And so I gave her this pink Santa. And the other day she was on virtual school with her friends and everybody had elf on the shelf. And she had this pink Santa that I was moving around the house which just wasn't good enough. So I was talking to Tom about it because I thought it would be kind of interesting to have something different. But we talked a lot about how kids feel accepted when they have what their friends have. Mm. And she didn't have the elf on the shelf. That didn't make her feel unique or special. It made her feel sort of out of the circle. So this weekend, I have to go out and buy that damn elf. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mom. It was really yeah. nice to have you on. If you are interested in hearing more about our mom's story, she does run a breast cancer charity called The Pink Fund. You can check them out at thepinkfund.org. They're on Facebook. 
Instagram. You can find that all on their website. Their mission is to do direct bill payment for people who are in active treatment for breast cancer who are unable to pay their bills due to lack of income, whether or not they have to stop working or if they had to pause or more bills are coming in because of having to pay for cancer treatment. It's a great organization that's near to all of our hearts because our mom had breast cancer and that's where this all started. I think that's a story for another time. It'll be our April Fool's episode. There you go. Thanks for joining and and sharing your story. And I think a lot of people will relate to feeling maxed out on Christmas and hopefully will not feel so alone. And no, it's not just your family that has a crazy Christmas story. I'm sure there's other moms that have ran away. Maybe you can start a Facebook group, Moms That Ran Away on Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you for having me. Fortunately, I don't think I'm going to run away this Christmas. There's nowhere to go and you can't go anywhere anyway. (laughs) Otherwise, I probably would, but I'm good. You know what? I just want to wrap up with this, that people talk all about the time. If you have your health, you have everything. And maybe that this year has been kind of a microscope or magnifying glass on that very phrase. If we have our health, we really do have everything. It's true. Thanks, mom. If you want to follow our mom on Instagram, her handle is at surthriver. I don't do much on Instagram. Feel free to follow nothing. She has about three pictures, but she could become the latest influencer. Who knows? Yeah. I'm really glad that our mom was able to come on the podcast today and talk about some of our funny Christmas memories. And we all shared stories of interesting things that happened to us on Christmas, like oatmeal cream pies at a Christmas cookie party exchange. Not the molasses cookies from Lake Arrowhead, but still a quality choice. When is the next time that people can catch our podcast, Brittany? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked because it's my favorite when you ask me questions that I'm 100% prepared for. (laughs) And our next episode is going to be January 16th, 2021. I can't. It's going to be it. a new year, y'all. Thank goodness. We're ready to kick the bucket on 2020. Let's just hope that 2021 is better because we all said this at the end of 2019. Like, can't wait for 2020. I was going to say, like, people were so excited for 2016 to end and then 2017 and then 2018 and then 2019. Now it's like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we fix it by pretending we want 2020 to never end. <laughs> and then, then 2021 will be really good. Maybe that's how we fix it. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to fix it. So I think on the next episode, we haven't quite planned it out yet. We're trying to figure this podcast thing out, but I think it's going to get better and better every single time, even though this podcast was pretty good, I have to say. Or it if could you- get worse. <laughs> Why don't you just join us for the journey either way? <laughs> Yes. And you know, if you did like the podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you could rate it on any of the platforms that you get your podcasts on, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Anchor or anywhere else you get your podcast. A rating really helps us if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't rate us. Just send us an email. (laughs) Just tell us how you feel. Give us some constructive criticism over emails. Speaking of contacting us, you can find our website at itsnotjustyourfamily.com, which is also our email address at Gmail and our Instagram. We'll see you next year. Happy New Year and happy holidays and be safe. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho.